B-O-O-B-I-E. Booby. Shit, yeah. you're right. Derek Luke as Booby Miles. <laughs> to, to recall you're, something like that in a movie I've never seen. You remember certain stuff. Oh, yeah, because I remember the name being really funny. <laughs> it's like Michael on The Office, you know, when he's <laughs> he's remembered. You are bald, baldy whatever. Your name is gray, like whatever that is. I can't quote that well. But. You're bald. Your head is shiny. It's like a mirror. M starts, mirror starts with M. Your name is Mark. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Me and Amara football show. Nick, a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Nothing huge, no breaking, groundbreaking news or whatever, but some nuggets. Developments, I would say. Developments. Developments. Developments along uh, the, the Stefan Gilmore variety. Definitely. Ooh, it's, I don't want to say it's looking bad. It's definitely not looking good, though. It's looking like it's going to turn into a negotiation, which I was not anticipating being the case during this offseason. I figured you've got a guy that has performed well for you and is a, a very big part of your defense, and we'll get into the defense later today. Because mm-hmm. um, this team's going to look a lot different if he's not on it. And I don't, I still don't think that they're going to trade him. I think they're going to come to an agreement, but Gilmore is definitely making it known publicly. Now he is unhappy with his contract. Yeah. And I think you obviously could have guessed that from last season um, with the event. And we've talked about this before, so I'll make it short. The advancement of the money and it's all that, you know, other stuff. And I think Belichick, I think Belichick really did that last year because he knew that regardless of it being a throwaway, a throwaway year with the roster that they have and that it was that they had and it was going to be a big challenge. I think that he realized he needed Gilmore desperately that year, you know, the more the more power to him. So I think that was played a big role as to why he advanced the seven million from this year. But now you're back to where you are. Um, If you hadn't advanced it, it's seven million and. Let's get to uh, why he's uh, how how he established the fact that he's officially establishing the fact that he's uh, unhappy. He's an unhappy camper. He released a tweet two days ago. Uh, CBS came, first came out with a tweet about the uh, top ten, I believe it was the uh, top ten highest paid cornerbacks in the league, and he retweeted it with a quote. Oh, okay. Dot dot dot. Which is perfect because I feel like Stefan Gilmore is one of the most passive aggressive people on the planet. You don't get much from him. No, you don't like not very emotional. He's very, you know, steady handed, consistent when he when he's on the field, off the field. He's not a a super uh, doesn't have a lot of charisma to him. So for him to make a a passive aggressive uh, reference to his contract by simply quote tweeting a graphic of everybody that makes more money than him and being like, oh. Okay. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever seen the movie The Martian with uh, Matt Damon? Oh yeah, a long time ago though. Getting and stuck on Mars Moore, right? and all that. Yeah. Oh no, I'm thinking of my friend The Martian. <laughs> no, oh Jesus! Well, that's one. Okay, when you said Christopher Lloyd, I was like, wait, hold on a second. No, I haven't seen The Martian. Well, spoiler: there's a part in it where you know it's a movie. Matt Damon, he's a scientist. He gets stranded on Mars. He has to survive all this bull crap. And there's a part in the movie where. He's contacting 
with you know he's in touch with earth finally after some time and he's uh, i forget what the story was but they told him that he has to do something and he couldn't believe it so he typed back to them like are you effing kidding me so i can see and in the part you know one of the guys is like do you think he means that like are you effing kidding me or like are you effing kidding me that's great i could see belichick in his office just do you think gilmore means oh okay or do you think like, oh, okay, well, you know, wait a couple of weeks and we'll, you know, see who's the highest paid now. Yeah. Like, like which of the two do you think he means? Every everything's okay, everything's good. Like, <laughs> all right, we're squared away. I'll be there day one of training camp. Uh, Bill, just uh, letting you know what everybody else is doing so that we're on the same page. Right. Now, I think Belichick, although he doesn't spend much time, or he says he doesn't spend much time on the internet with the the my face and the snapbook. Yeah. He uh, he definitely understands, I think, tone in text, especially with the the imagery of everybody else making as much money as they are, which some of those names like it's disgusting how many people or what what quality of players are making more money than Stefan Gilmore. And yeah, cornerback is not one of those positions that you cheap out on when you've got a quality player. So it'll be see what the it's decided to do. But I, I still think you have to have to have him on this team. If you want to compete, you have to have him. In the words of Scott Zolak on 98.5, the, uh, the sports hub, you're a top five defense with him. Because, again, yeah. it's um, – and I'm quoting him. And it's uh, – you know, if you look at the the defense, you have J.C. Jackson on one side who came who's coming off an excellent year, six interceptions total, mm-hmm. I think. Pro Bowl snub, in my opinion. You know, you obviously don't want to throw towards Stephon, so now that puts – towards you know jc jackson and you know he can put up his own in a fight so you're a top five defense with stefan gilmore but the list goes jalen ramsey at 20 million uh marlon humphrey at 19.5 trey davius white at 17.3 darius slay 16 byron jones xavian howard james brad uh, bradbury marcus peters trey wayne and william jackson they're all around the 15 and 14 mark Andrew, there is one player on that list that I would say I have no problem with him making as much money as he does, and it's Tredavious White. Mm-hmm. He's the only player on that list that I would be like, yep, he's a top three corner, top five corner in the league. He deserves to make top three, top five money. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jalen Ramsey's really good. I don't think he's the number one corner in the league anymore. For a, a time period, he was, and I mean like a portion of a season, right? to be making $20 million and – and I think when Gilmore signed his contract, it was five years for $65 million, So that would have been a little over $12 million a year. Like, even if Gilmore was going to be making $13, $14 million, it's still an underpayment considering what everybody else is doing. So we had looked at the financials last week and kind of figured that New England had, what, about $16 million in cap space to spend? Yep. And he- like 15 and change 16 million. So uh, they can certainly get him up to a number and fit him under the salary cap for this season or extend him for multiple years if that's what they want to do. And he knows it. Like he knows the money is there. It's not a secret that they spent a bunch of money on free agents this year. So if he had been on the open market, he's got to be figuring, well, I probably would have been making 18, 19, $20 million. So get me to 15 and we'll call it even. That's what I think he's looking for. Now, on the other side of things, he is coming off an injury, which most teams would like to see that, you know, the product they have is not damaged. And we could see Bel- uh, 
Bill's argument being, we hear you and you should be deserving of that money. Can you come in and can you compete though? After your injury, are you the same player? I'm trying to look at season ending quad injury. So yeah, I think are, he only played same? in 11 games last year. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he missed a portion and when he played, he was very good, not defensive player of the year quality, but mm-hmm. he didn't, he never really had a chance of being a defensive player of the year with, with that team. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think there is another interesting tidbit to the story that some people have been trying to uncover and, and read into, and it's not, it hasn't been widely reported. It's mostly been rumors on the radio, but Gilmore may or may not be going through a separation with his wife, which would play into financials because if you get divorced, typically whatever is half of earned money, your spouse gets to take it. So the idea would be that he wants to finalize the divorce and then sign the extension or the restructure or whatever, so that he gets to keep all the money. That's another possibility. Um, I've also heard that he would sit out for the first half of the season and then come back and play for seven and a half million dollars. That way he figures the amount of money he's getting paid per game is the same. It's just less games and he'd stay healthier and recover from the injury, which I actually don't have a huge problem with that. I just don't think that the team can survive through the first half of the season without him. Gil, uh, Gilmore's Twitter page, bump and run Gilmore. Uh, every day is a new day mentally and physically both are important. And he's wearing an LA Dodgers hat. And I know last show we talked about how Jalen Ramsey had started to do a little recruiting with Stefan Gilmore, which I honestly, if, if Jalen Ramsey is already at 20 million and Gilmore, for all we know, wants to have 21 million, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's really going to work out. But still, it's it's the L.A. hat that kind of just adds adds to the story and adds to the uh, the suspicion and the rumors. And it's something else to look at. Yeah, it's it's definitely a Los Angeles hat. It says it multiple times on the uh, on the outside. And of course, he was he was on a plane to Logan a couple weeks, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago. It's. I don't know. It like, is. It's interesting. Like there's a different. It, it's like the timeline in uh, Loki at the complete collection. Go listen yeah. episode four coming out and recording tomorrow. So many different branches to go off of. So many different yeah. rabbit holes. Where are we gonna go? We we just got to figure out what the Nexus event is to get Gilmore signed. They have the money. Is it about making him happy for this year and then letting him walk, or you know, making him happy this year and then seeing where you're at at the end of the year and what money you have then? This is a loaded roster with a lot of parts that are going to stay on, you know, stay on the active roster and are going to get cut, traded. And it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's, uh, and what we are, uh, we're like two weeks out out from two or two or three weeks out from training camp. Yeah, we're getting we're getting close. We are. So the timeline is moving let me ask you a quick question what would it take for you to trade Gilmore 
what would the minimum ask be? Ooh, the minimum ask. A second round pick? Would you take Def- a second round for him? Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely a second round pick. I don't even know would if that's for thirds. No, that wouldn't take two thirds. I think I would probably a second and a third. I would need more. I would need more than a second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at minimum, yes, I would take a, a second and a third, but I don't know. But I don't see him trading. I know Bill's a defensive guy. He, if I could, I don't know. He's really built this defense. So I, he, I, and, and the report is, is that Gilmore wants to stay in New England. So I think I think ultimately they will at least figure it out for this year, but it's like I don't see them training him. I don't I don't either. Cause like I said at the beginning, I think they need him. I yeah. think they realize that they need him. I think he knows that they need him, meaning Gilmore knows the Patriots need him. Oh, and it's just going it's really just gonna come down to how much money do you guys want to spend? Right. How much do you want? Because then why do you why'd you invest in the cornerbacks that you did in the offseason, like Jalen Mills and it's what were those investments for if you're not going to pay, you know, somebody who should be in that top 10, who should be in that right. top five and that top three, to be honest with you. It's a lot of different questions, but we got a lot of time left. Yes. Looking for answers. Which leads us into the next topic. So we might as well do roster breakdown part two, part dos. Part de due. Is that how you say it? I hope not. Be, uh, <laughs> I do not speak French. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that was Spanish for a second, but. <laughs> oh. Parte dos. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I took know. three years of Spanish at Barrington High School and. Don't remember. Didn't retract any of it. Out of boy. Yep. It's, it was all for the, you know, college. It was for, yep. You need two years of college to go to this or two years of Spanish to go to this college. That's all what it was for. But spinning off of a defensive player, let's talk about the defensive players that are currently on this 75-man roster. Is that where we're at now? I think we're still around 90. 90? Excuse Might me? be at like 89 or something stupid like that. I think 90. I'm thinking too far ahead. So, yeah, the last show we did a roster breakdown of uh, the offensive side of the ball. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And this is... Really going to be your strong suit if you have Stephon Gilmore. This is really going to be the stronger side of your team. Bill's obviously a defensive guy, and he uh, picked out some pretty good guys, both in free agency and in the draft, to uh, build up this defense. I think this is obviously the defense. The cuts are going to get interesting here. From the draft picks that you have last year to the current guys that have been on the roster for a couple years now and to the guys that you're bringing in. Cuts are going to get a little dicey there. Am I? Am I like? Am I wrong? No, I think you're you're 100 right. And just by looking at the groupings, like if you take a look at the secondary, there's a lot of names on here that are familiar, and a lot of guys on here that are typically special teamers. And there's just not going to be enough space on the team itself to fit everyone. Uh, yeah. I mean, what are we looking at? One, two, three, four, five. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 defensive backs that they have listed. And that's uh, including safeties and corners. So, all right, well, well, let's go. Let's go through the secondary then. 
I'll give you a name and you tell me whether they're locked to make the team or not. I like that. Stefan Gilmore. Assuming is, that he's here. Is he signing? <laughs> yes. What'd you just Assuming hear in the last signed. five minutes? <laughs> yeah, lock. <laughs> lock, of course. All right. Michael Jackson Sr. Can't take his name seriously. Sorry. Bill Murray <laughs> and Michael Jackson. How about that? Michael Jackson Sr. Didn't they also they brought somebody else along last year that had a funky name? I don't remember exactly, but but Jackson Sr. is a second year player out of uh out of Miami. Second-year player out of Miami. I got to pull up his – is this a guy we – see, I typed in Michael Jackson only in my uh, – Yep, that's what's going to happen. Same as old. if you type in Michael Jordan instead of Michael B. Jordan. But lock to make the team. A lock. Oh, so that... I would say the simple fact that we haven't answered the question yet means that he's not a lock to make the team. So let's see. He uh, – no, he's from the uh, Detroit. Dallas and Detroit. Detroit. Dallas and Detroit in 2019. And so he was with the Patriots last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought you said out of Miami. Oh, I'm sorry. College. Miami, I just, Florida. Yeah. Now I'm looking at it correctly. He's from Alabama. He went to college in Miami. We're all good. Now I'm caught up for to Dallas speed. and Detroit a little bit. Yeah. Now I'm caught up to speed. So lock, yes or no? No. Okay. He's a total. Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills. Lock. Jawan Williams. Let me get back to the depth chart. Jawan Williams, lock. Mm. Joe Justin jo- Bethel. Actually, no. Is Joe Jawan, who's the one who had that? Not an interception, but an interception during the uh, Rams game. Who the hell was that? Was that Bethel? Or was that? that... Might have been. Or was that? No, it wasn't Brandon King. It might have been Jackson, actually. No, it wasn't Jackson Miles either. Bryant. Ah, okay. Get my bees mixed up. Joe Juwan Williams. Mm. I want to. I might want to retract that. We've got two locks so far. If we do not include Joan. Mm. let me circle back to that. Okay, Justin Bethel. Yes. Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant is that a guy? Did we? No, that's the guy we just talked about. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna say no for right now. Adrian Colbert. Adrian Colbert. No. Cody Davis. Yes, but because they, yeah, because they uh, re-signed him to his contract and he's a special teamer. So yeah. I don't think I've ever even heard of him. Kyle Duggar. Yes. Kyle. Hey. The strong safety that I wish he had one year to learn under Patrick Chung. You know, bring in Rodney Harrison for a little bit. Have have yeah. have Rodney work with Kyle Duggar because do you remember? I keep watching this highlight. Do you remember when uh, Duggar blew up, blew up? I forget the fullback's name for the Seahawks. Uh, in that game, just tossed him. A, he can hit. He can hit, and if he works with, if they just say like nudge, you know. You know, Rodney, you got a little time on your hands during the summer. What are you doing July 31st? When come, you got this kid, Duggar. You saw him play last year. Why don't you come in and just show him, you know, show him the ropes a little bit? You know, Duggar actually grew on me. When they had made the pick, I was a little. Oh, it was confusing. It, it, I was just frustrated because they traded out of the first round yet again to get a guy 
that they division probably could safety. have gotten later. Division two safety. That was he played like six years of college football. He graduated when he was twenty-four. A little my a little puzzling, but worth it. I think we saw a lot of good. There were some times where I thought Duggar was a little out to lunch and really exactly he just kind of looked a little lost out there. But as the season went along, he hit harder and he came up, made a little bit, uh, made better plays. I liked his progression. He was one of the rookie. He was one of their better rookies that I thought pro- had a positive progression last year. I I think he's kind of that prototypical late bloomer. Like yeah. When he was playing in Division Two, he was he was a man playing in like he's an NFL level player in Division Two, and he kind of it, it translated well for him into the NFL because he's a bigger guy, more physically mature guy, and was ready to take that next step. But yeah, I would definitely say as well, Kyle Duggar, he's he's locked to make the team. What about J.C. Jackson, locked to make the team? You know, think about yeah, of course, Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones, yes. Devin McCourty. Yeah, I'm losing Adrian, track of my locks. Adrian Phillips, I got them all. Yes. D'Angelo Ross. Lock to make the team? D'Angelo Ross. Hold on one second. This is what happens when you're not prepared. <laughs> or when your computer just wants to take a long time to load. Either either one is is a pain in the ass. He's got a total, you know, nothing of stats. He played in week 17 against the Jets. So, no, not a lock. And then the final defensive back that they have listed on the roster, D. Virgin. Did you go over Joshua Bledsoe? No. Yes. No. I'm trying to find Bledsoe on this one. Oh, Joshua Bledsoe. He's listed as a safety, not a defensive back. He's the only person listed as a safety on this roster. But I think you pretty much answered every question just by if you recognize the name or not. Like Bledsoe, we recognize that as a draft pick. He's almost certain to be a lock to make the roster. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Gilmore is one of the better defensive players in the league. He's a lock to make the roster. Jalen Mills, you just brought in via free agency. He'll be a lock. Juwan Williams, that was the one that we wanted to kind of circle back to. Based on the amount of locks that there already were, I think he's still probably a little bit of a bubble guy. Bethel, we know who he is. Special teamer, lock to make the team. Miles Bryant, I would say he's probably a lock to make the team. I just kind of look at him as being a little bit of that... uh, sort of the next undrafted guy to have a successful season under Belichick or a successful career under Belichick. Adrian Colbert couldn't tell you anything about him. So I say he's not a lock. Cody Davis couldn't tell you anything about him. He's not a lock. Although you said that they had just signed him to a, to an extension that they brought him in. Well, during free agency, yeah, they signed him him to another contract. And because he's a special teamer, that's why I say yes, makes the team. So yeah, he probably would be a lock then. Uh, Duggar, obviously a lock. J.C. Jackson, obviously a lock. Jonathan Jones, Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips. Those guys are all locks. Mm. I don't anticipate them carrying more than nine or ten defensive backs, and I think we've we've pretty much gotten nine or ten defensive backs right there. One, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then Joshua Bledsoe would make eleven. Well, Linda, let's move on to linebackers. Let's switch roles. I'll ask you about the linebackers. Let's do it. All right. Dante Hightower. Lock. What do you mean? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Jawan Bentley. I will say lock. Yeah. The thing about Jawan is he was kind of thrown into that, the role of being really the most experienced, if I'm correct. Yeah, that was his second year with the Patriots last year, right? I think it was his third, but he missed almost all of his first year. So he was kind of thrown into that role of being the most experienced guy out there with, you know, Uche around him and uh, Therese Hall, obviously being the rookies. And there were some times where Juwan also looked a little lost and didn't make his, you know, really couldn't get anywhere in the backfield. Um, I thought, in the beginning of the season, he he was uh, pretty effective, I think, just as it went along. He was just uh, thrown into that role that he may might not have been ready for, being the most experienced guy out there. But I will I would say a lock, too, now that right. you've got some guys uh, coming back. I think also because he's entering the final year of his rookie contract, he's yeah. going to want to show off, and, and I doubt that he'll have a, a poor performance in training camp and then not bring him in for him right. to you know, have a good season. Right. Uh, Therese Hall. Not a lock. Brendan King. Not a lock. Kyle Van Noy. I'll say he's a lock. His Twitter, but, yeah, I would, I would, uh, but I would not be surprised if he doesn't make the roster. Mm. I, I'm just saying there's I going think, to I be a surprise cut in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Uche. Lock. Afrini Jennings. Lock. Well, go, going back to Uche for a second, another one of the rookies who I thought was progressing positively last year. I agree. Uh, Afrini Jennings, you said lock? Yes. Harvey Lang. Am I saying this right? Harvey Lange? Yeah, Harvey Lange. You never heard of him? You don't Harvey remember Lange. Harvey Lange? A little bit. Harvey Lange. Uh, not a lock. Cameron McGrone. Not a lock. Although they did just draft him out of Michigan. Now I'm seeing, yeah, I think he's a lock. He's another one of these Michigan pass rushers that uh, they've been jerking themselves off to over the last few seasons. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, sorry. They love their, their Wolverines. Uh, Raekwon McMillan. I don't, you know what the know funny thing is? is? No, I, I, I know the name, but I couldn't pick him out of a police lineup if you asked me to. But yeah. the name sounds so familiar. I'm going to say that he's a lock to make this team. Let me pull up. This has got to be my fa- my new favorite football. This is such a football name. I'll let you guess. Uh, try to guess who it is. Draft pick. But I remember telling you this, like, this is a football name. Ronnie Perkins. Ronnie Perkins. Doesn't that just roll off the top? It's uh, I want to get me like, a Ronnie Perkins jersey if he does well this year. Was it um, was it Friday Night Lights, Booby Booby Miles or something like that? It was like a running back for. Oh, uh, I think it was Booby Miles. Booby Miles. Pretty sure. B o o, b i e Booby. Shit, you're right. Derek Luke as Booby Miles. I told you, and I've never even seen that show. No, it's movie. the uh, the movie. What is it? 
It's a movie. Yeah. Friday Night Lights See? is a very Perfect. good movie. It's a very, I think it's a great movie. True story. True story, uh, story about, um, Jesus Christ. What the hell are the high school's names? Odessa, uh, is, Texas, which like high school football down in Texas is like, Jesus, Division it, One football up here. It's I would say it's bigger than that. It's bigger. It's it's probably bigger than the NFL actually up here. It's crazy how big football is down in Texas. So yeah, it takes place in Odessa, Texas, and uh, the Permain uh, High Panthers, and you know they went to the Texas state championship last year. I forget the team that they played and lost to, but tr- it's a true story, and it's a good movie. Booby Miles, damn, you were right. I always, I, I was under the impression that it was Boogie. I got a, I got a weird brain, like to, to recall you're, something like that in a movie I've never seen. You, you remember certain stuff. Oh yeah, because I remember it's, the name being really funny. <laughs> it's like Michael on The Office, you know, when he's he's remember. You are bald, baldy Mick, whatever. Your name is gray, like whatever that is. I can't quote that well. But. You're bald. Your head is shiny. It's like a mirror. M starts, mirror starts with M. Your name is Mark. Yes. <laughs> Very is, offensive. What is he? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. if Isn't there a pregnant one too where he's like, you are pregnant. You're, it, start, it starts with a P. Your name is like Pamela or something like that. Yeah, something he does. It's. Oh, um, it's. um, No, it's. Doesn't he say that about Jan because Jan is pregnant that in that episode? But I, I forget know. what he says. I don't know. But I do remember when he said we're going to do an activity to learn everybody's names and the person raises their hand and they're like, we already know each other's names. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is perfect Michael Scott. That's bo- Booby Miles. Booby Miles. That's how that is. That's You'll never forget it now. Good memory. I always thought it was Boogie. What can I say? Where were we? Oh, yeah. Ronnie Perkins. <laughs> yeah. Booby. Yeah. All right. Uh, where good, were we? Good name. Good football name, Ronnie Perkins. I don't know much about him as a player, though. I know that he's from Oklahoma. And that's about it. You'd be correct. You would be correct. The Big 12 is always a difficult conference for me to get into after following college football for one season. I just find the Big 12 to be kind of boring. Yeah, it's uh, I'm trying to think if this is. So they're talking about transitioning into more of a linebacker role, because I think he was actually a defensive end at uh, Oklahoma. So we'd be looking at more of like a three, four linebacker then. Yes. Guys are going to be standing up. Probably. Did you know working with Gerard Mayo? It's. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, looking at the um, at the linemen that they have, defensive linemen, the defensive tackles, like, they got some size on this team again. You know, uh, Lawrence Guy, we know him, we're familiar. He's not a small guy. It's six was four, he three, was he headed into free agency? I know Dietrich Wise was, and we resigned him. Which I actually think Lawrence Guy signed like a two year extension last year. Was it? It was definitely last year or this year. I don't think he was a free agent this year. No, but he definitely re-signed within the last two years, didn't he? Yeah. Regardless, um, I was really, I, I was really happy with the re-signing of uh, Dietrich Wise. Really? Yeah, I think as an edge rusher, yes. Wise to me is like 
he's he should be Richard Seymour. I know that's like that's a huge, huge compliment. But like I thought that somebody what, should be Richard Seymour. I thought you were going to get more of that out of Trey Flowers, but then he, you know, he left in free agency, right? Yes. Yeah, he made too much money. He ended up signing right. with Detroit. Right, right, right. I was expecting to get that Richard Seymour Richard Seymour role out of uh, out of Trey Flowers. And he did a good job for them while oh, he yeah. was on the team. Yeah, I, I would, just I would say so. I just think that Wise is he. Every time I watch him play, every time I see him in person, because for some reason I've I've I don't know why, but I always seem to like notice him whenever I go to that field. He just looks like he's got the perfect build. He's he's tall, lanky. He's got good burst. Good he six seems five, like two seventy five. He seems like he's got good hands. He seems like he knows what he's doing. He just doesn't really make plays. Mm. He's definitely physical, and coming off a season with twenty seven tackles and two and a half sacks. Um. Yeah. Let's so we got him in 2017. Yeah, his sacks definitely have gone. His yeah, his sacks have definitely gone down. He had five his first year, four and a half in his second, and he's averaged two for the past two years. And his tackles have no, sorry, not looking at that. Go ahead. I was just, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if his snap counts have gone down over the course of his career as well because I remember him getting more chances early on because they they just really didn't have anybody that they could put into that spot and then once Trey Flowers left it kind of like opened things up for him. And well, Flowers I think he, left after the he, he could definitely be second to Matt Judon if I'm looking at that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, let me pull the depth chart back up. Because looking at three out of the four years that he's played with the Patriots, he's started, he not started, he's played 16 games. The most he started was last year with seven games started. Other than that, two of his years, he started only in three games and then, you know, five games in 2018. So, yeah, the snap count would actually be interesting to look at. But I think he'd be a guy, if I'm uh, looking at it. No, so they play. I'm sorry, defensive lineman, not yeah. the same position. You're, you're, I mean, Judon right end, and then they have Dietrich Wise listed as a D, uh, on the defensive lineman. But I think they they kind of do the same thing. They do very similar. Yeah, they do. Other than Wise, I'm, I'm right on that. Yeah, I've seen, we've seen Wise on the edge before, right? Yeah, because yeah. he's yeah. they list him as a defensive lineman, but like I said, he's more of that like Richard Seymour type. Or you, you're the right. one that said he's more of that Richard Seymour type. And Seymour was the guy he was a defensive lineman, but they would play him at right end. They would mm-hmm. play him at D tackle. They would play him in between the guards. Like kind of do it all. Well, if we're on the subject of defensive linemen, and we'll obviously include the right ends uh, in this as well. Matt Judon, lock. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Tayshawn Bauer. No. I agree with you. No. Lawrence Guy. Yes. Yes. Dietrich Wise. Yes. Carl Davis. I'm going to say no. No. 
Nick Thurman. No. Bill Murray. No. Christian Barmore. Yes. I'll say yeah. Akeem Spence. Akeem Spence. I say no. I don't. Name doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I say no. Uh, Montrevious Adams. No. Devon Godshaw. Yes. Hope so. We spent money on him. Right. <laughs> Henry Anderson. Yes. Same boat as De- Devon Godshaw, if you uh, if you ask me. Right. It's kind of like uh, when they brought those signings. Remind me of Danny Sheldon. A little bit. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like a eh, okay. We'll see what we got. Uh, Byron Cowart. Uh yes. Don't know why, but yes. He's, again, he's like a cockroach. He's one of these players on the Patriots that just doesn't seem to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Locke, I'll agree with that. And Chase Winovich. Yes, if he's not traded. I would I would also say yes. It's I don't know, is that gonna throw Chase back into a role where he's only sticking to that one role of getting being sent in when we got some pass rushing going on? Because that's again, he struggled against the run last year, but it's who did they have that really, you know, was a pro at anything? So but yeah, I'd say Chase. Chase is a lock. Yeah, I think uh, he's he's shown too much in his career so far for him to be a, a straight up cut. Especially him still being on his rookie contract, he doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, if he was entering the final year of his deal, maybe they would be looking to to do something with him and and, and get something else out of him. But no, I think it's he's he's a lock to make this team. I think so too. 33 tackles, five and a half sacks, one interception, one forced fumble in 2020. He certainly did enough to, even with snaps being decreased and being in Bill's doghouse, you know, if we really want to talk about it. Yeah. Did enough to make to, uh, I would say stick on this team. Yeah. He's, he's not going to wow you. He's got some competition though. Right. He's not going to wow you, but he has shown a lot of upside and a lot of potential. Started a total of nine games last year. Huge conspiracy theorist. Or no, alien, or alien guy. Everything, I think. A, conspir- a mixed bag. Conspiracies and all this other stuff. I think he's, he's on record as saying he's open to ev- anything and everything or something like that. Yeah. Those were some very interesting interviews on Zolak and Bertrand. Yes, Hi- they were. Highlight of the... It's certainly one of the highlights of that uh, that football season on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Great, just great content. But now we're getting Kyle Van Noy back. His we video, his, twi- his Twitter interv- interv- uh, video still just cringes me. Just after, you know, the whole honeymoon is over phase in New England and Pats Nation, I'm back. <laughs> it's a little, you know, okay. Always nice to the person that uh, that pays you money. What's the saying? Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, well, we've seen Belichick do that with Patriot uh, with uh, players before. You know, okay, go get your money in free agency and come on back. Brandon sure. Bolden, perfect example. Roster breakdown part two is in the books. We'll obviously revisit that when uh, we start getting closer to the end of the preseason and training camps and all that stuff. We're gonna be at training camp July thirtieth. Yeah, Friday. I was gonna say. Once we actually get to put eyes on these players and then see what they actually look like, 
That yeah. way, instead of me just being like Raquan McMillan, that name sounds familiar. I'll say, yeah, he's going to make the team. We'll actually be able to uh, make a judgment. Oh, well, he's had one tackle in, you know, his total of one or two years. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, never mind. Um, Room for growth. But you know what? You realize how early we might have to get up to go to those. Hey, you know what? We I'm, might have to camp out there. I'm pretty much awake at that time anyway. Whether yeah. it's the start of my day, end of the day, or middle of the day. A lot of coffee. Yeah. Go get your yeah. donkey. I'm going to head down. Go watch the bats. We need to uh, – so the nice thing is I think because Masala has a family member that's on this that is a season ticket holder, and because I'm on the wait list, we both get access to the in-stadium practice, and I think that you can bring an additional three people for every, like, pass that you have. Like, you can – if you have, like, two tickets that you've – I know that I've been able to bring up to like six people with me. It's, it's pretty well, sick. well, well, yeah. We might be going to a couple, we but got. hey, you know what the beautiful thing is too is we're gonna have uh, mics with us. We're gonna have our lavalier, yeah, buddy. mics with us, so we're gonna be able to record a little, a little something, something. Maybe get some fans' takes. That's that's gonna be my favorite. I want to find the guy in the Brewski jersey, go right up to him, and be like. Yeah, what do you think about Brady on the shop? Beautiful, beautiful transition. Because you know what? I think half of them out there will just be like, I freaking love Tom. Oh, man, let's just get right into it. You know how fired up I was when I was texting you earlier about it. (laughs) I could tell. This is the part I was really waiting for. TB12. Well, all right. Let me me just get my manifesto out there <laughs> i'm a brady start guy. interrupting i'm you. a brady i'm yeah i'm a brady supporter i think that this is this is tom brady kind of peacocking a little bit he knows he's getting towards the end of his career and the chains of restricted uh, statements or whatever he's saying whatever he wants to say he had said that 90 percent of the time when he talks it's not necessarily what he's thinking And now I think he's being a little bit more open and honest with uh, his choice of words. So I'll just say that uh, I don't blame him for feeling the way that he feels or saying what he says, but it does look kind of petty. It does. And okay, why don't I explain this just in case one day that this resurfaces and I get called being a Tom Brady. I don't hate Tom Brady. I don't like not fully, not to the extent where I, I'm never going to accept him again. Not fully. No, but to my point, I said this to you in our little pre-production pre-game meeting. It's okay. New England. Listen to me. Shh. It's okay to just show a little hate. It's okay. I don't think Brady, first of all, I don't think Brady knows who you are. Probably not. And he's not going to get hurt. It's Probably okay not. to show a little. I mean, he, no, he loves New England. He does, whether he, you know, shows it as of late or not. Talking about the snow and everything. It's okay. For, I think it's okay for New England just to be a little, not hateful, but just like, you don't have to be so enamored with the guy. You know, like, yes, don't, don't, don't worry. I lo- a little part of me loved how he won the Super Bowl. 
it, but it hurt because obviously it wasn't with the Patriots. So I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and watch that Super Bowl and say, oh my God, this is like us winning because it isn't. It's nowhere near that feeling. Right. I was simply happy that this is the nail in the coffin, that he is the GOAT, and that conversation is over. To, to be honest with you, that train was boarding after Super Bowl 51, and if you didn't hop on it then, you missed it. I've been saying it since Super Bowl 39. Right. And then and then it was like for me the proof was in the pudding after Super Bowl 40 nine. 10 years later. Damn. Yeah. Right. I'm losing track of the Super Bowl championships. Right, but I thought 51 was like nail in the coffin. This is like that's it. He Go. kept putting more nails in the coffin in the last 10 years of his career. Which is why I call bullshit when he says that it's not about proving it to others it's about proving to myself how about that video you released like a week after you won the super bowl this year and i kept all the receipts don't let them define you Hmm, what receipts from who and all this go back into 2000 when did they come out with the uh the brady six excellent documentary by espn one of my favorite documentaries 2010 2011 it was around the time he had long hair right right brady with long hair don't you miss that brady Uh, that Brady, I did not like, you know, he's sitting there and he quoting this documentary, great documentary. One of my favorite from ESPN. Um, Jesus lost my train of thought. What did he say? Oh, it's not so much about a chip on my shoulder. It's about people thinking you're not good enough. People not wanting you. Well, you're still getting that today, Brady. And it's, you can't sit there and tell me that it's all about proving it to yourself. You've done that. You did that your first four years. Just say yes. It's about proving to people that I can still play and people should want me. And oh, you're sticking with that mother effer. Well, nobody in the history of football has guessed that a 41 year old quarterback or 42 or 50, however old freaking old you are by now, nobody could guess what you were going to do in your 20th year, 21st season. Nobody. Yeah, he's in unprecedented territory. He's he's accomplishing things that have never been done before. So to have some skepticism or some concern about the longevity of his career. Yeah. It makes sense. I don't think that he really feels as though he was, maybe he does feel he was pushed out of the door in new England. And maybe he does feel like he didn't gain the respect that he thinks he deserved as a free agent because there weren't 31 teams knocking on his door, looking for his services. Right. Brady's always been the type of guy that has a chip on his shoulder. And even if it's this made up sort of phantom motivation that he has to draw from people and and create straw man arguments just so that he looks at himself as the underdog, like Tom, you haven't been the underdog for 15 years now. You Nobody considers him to be the underdog. Yeah. You've pretty much been like on top of, life for the last decade and a half it's like people just he's i don't know i I don't just ruin it for you a little bit no because i think this is who he is i think this is just this is how effort right this this, this is how he stays competitive he turns what one person does or what one person says or a group of people, not necessarily fan bases, but media for sure. And he'll twist it and he'll blow it up into this big, huge, like middle finger 
when it's really just sort of an opinion. It, it's not that people don't think you're capable of doing this stuff anymore. It's that we don't know if you're capable of it. And yeah. we kind of have to go with history because, yeah, I mean, spending like $25 million on a guy in, in his mid-40s, he's, as I've heard from many people, one snap away from it all ending. It's true. I'm not, like, listen, I'm, I've never been the cliff guy. Always thought that was a stupid argument. And he's still proving it wrong. But if Brady doesn't know when to quit, and it sounds like he does, but at the same time, if he doesn't know when to quit, that cliff will happen. It, will it, it may not be as drastic as some may think, but at some point your body does start to deteriorate. Or If you get injured, if you I'm, – I'm not saying like he's just going to automatically start sucking. The cliff could be an injury. If he doesn't know when to quit and if it's an injury that he can't come back from, even with how good his health is with the TB12 concussion water and all that crap, it could happen if he doesn't know when to quit. Yeah, I mean, I think typically Bill Parcells used to say, uh, as soon as you start thinking about retirement, you're no good to me because you're you're mentally starting to check out before your body starts to check out. And I think with Brady to prevent something like that happening, to prevent the cliff from happening, it would have to be him mentally checking out and just being like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'd like to do something else. Just some of his comments on I'm looking, I'm looking at a bleacher report on Twitter. I'll read you a couple of comments. So, well, ones we're coming to the end. So it sounds like he does know that, yes, he's coming to the end, but it's like, you know, Tommy, you know, when are you going to, are you going to leave on the right note? Like, what if you never get back to another Super Bowl? Are you going to be okay with that? It's, probably, it's a, probably not. Right. So that plays into the factor of, are you really going to know when to quit? Um, I would say 90% of what I say is probably not what I'm thinking. That one bothers me the most. Here's the thing, though, Andrew. He didn't, and it, that's the way that I first kind of like heard that or interpreted Are you gonna it. Enlighten was, me? En enlighten um, me a little bit. I first interpreted it as ninety percent of what I say isn't true. Mm. If it's not what you're thinking, that just means that you're thinking of saying something different, but you're choosing to say the right thing. Okay. So it's it still could just still like, be, it could still be the truth in what he's saying. He's just not saying it the way that he would like to say it. Right, right, right. I, or I could be wrong. Well, moving on. Uh, again, these are all from uh, Bleacher Reports Twitter. Uh, from a strategic standpoint, I never want to give away what we're doing. No shit. I usually say that wasn't part of the quote. That's just me saying, well, that, <laughs> it no was shit, a response. Brady. Yeah. Comment uh, from the peanut gallery. <laughs> I usually say the opposite. You know, they got a shitty ass corner. I'll be like that. That guy's unbelievable. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm gonna throw at that mother effer all day. Does he think he's cool for swearing that much? It, it's kind of like you're the cool high schooler that can swear now, or but middle schooler. He spent uh, 20 years on the South Shore. He's he's picked yeah. up uh, a word or two, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, there's no effing way I would have went to that team, but they said they didn't want me, and I know. 
what that means. I know what that feels like. I'm going to go F you up because of that. Let's eliminate those teams, shall we? Um, couldn't have been L.A. because they – well, it might have been, but they were also moving on from Phillip Rivers. So if they didn't want Phillip Rivers, what would kind of make you think they would want Tom Brady? Oh, I thought you were talking about the uh, the Rams. No, Chargers. Sorry. Yeah, I know. We got two L.A. teams now. I mean, um, I do re- I do remember the, the Chargers being a, a potential destination, and I thought it would have been a very good fit. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think it was the Rams or the Chargers. Couldn't have been Indianapolis because they signed Rivers. Uh, it could. So I know a lot of people are pointing towards the Titans for sticking with Tannehill, but Tannehill didn't come off a bad year. So you can't really blame them. Right. So Chicago? I don't think so. Signing Nick Folt. I mean, if it is. Or sticking with Trubisky. Or sticking, but regardless, if it's Chicago, Brady, that team kicked your ass six, you know, ways to Sunday. So that's an egg, like that's an egg on your face if you're talking about Chicago. Yeah, that was the uh, mind you, the mind you with lost, Nick Foles. Lost count of how many downs were left. Yeah. Yeah. Not his greatest moment. No. And it's again with Nick Foles. His kryptonite. Second to Eli Manning. Couldn't oh. it I I'm only going off the the two biggest teams that I remember being destinations were LA and uh and the Bucks. What about San Francisco? I th- but I think like a lot of people have said, I think he has, I think he has too much respect for Jimmy Garoppolo or t- with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think I, I don't think he would say that about Jimmy. I don't. I mean, he just coming off a Super Bowl. It's you know the relationship they they built in New England where Jimmy was kind of the six su- the succession plan. And when Brady had timeout for, you know, four games for Deflategate and all that other stuff, I just can't see him say as much as Brady, I know, is like gutthroat and I think played a part in pushing Jimmy out and all this. Oh, actually, now that I, I didn't think of it that way. Oh, yeah. Oh, just man. Just go do the exact same thing on the left coast as he did on the east coast. Oh, crap. I'm also thinking two, two other possibilities, <laughs> right? Miami. Miami has been thrown around uh, recently. Really? I didn't hear that one. Not necessarily because of who they were keeping. It was yeah. it was more about like the idea of like you're sticking with that guy. I think it was it could have been in reference to Oh like, man, Gronk, you guy. like Tampa Bay. Miami was your friggin' hotspot. Right. And uh, the other possibility, and I, I eat this one up. And I want it to be so true. The Patriots. And the motherfucker he's talking about is Bill Belichick. And it's like, you're going to go with him over me? Okay. But why? what would really give Brady an inkling to kick Belichick out? I, I don't think that he would need to be the one to kick Belichick out or he would want to be the one to kick Belichick out. But I yeah. just think that the the relationship, the marriage between Brady and Belichick had soured and it came down to Bill saying, 
if I'm going to be the coach, I would like to change the roster over and, and start fresh. And, and in order to do that, I, we need to move on from Tom. And that's when Kraft was the one that had to make the choice. Okay, we either move on from Tom and keep Belichick or we move on from Belichick and keep Tom. Which Here's the thing. If now you look at the flip side, remember the rumors coming out about how Giselle and Brady went over to Kraft's house and had a discussion with him. And that was the whole, you know, Johnny Foxborough thing. And I mean, if Giselle did most of the talking, my God, Jesus. Um, But, you know, there was that unwritten agreement between Kraft and Brady where Brady said, if I want to leave, you let me go. Right. And that was, that was when they renegotiated the contract and extended him, but didn't extend him and then put in the clause where he couldn't be franchised. And yes, that was quite the office. But you're right in saying that all of this is really petty. Like I kind of want Brady just to grow a pair and come out and say it. I I, like, if you watch the last dance, which was a great documentary, can you imagine what the equivalent of that is going to be for the Patriots? Andrew, my God, I, I, as I'm, I was watching the last dance as it was coming out. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself the exact same thing. It's like, holy shit. This is the exact, this is the story of the new England Patriots. You had the greatest coach of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time. And they teamed up and they accomplished more than anybody else did during that generation. Uh, Now Mm -hmm. for the, for the bulls and Michael Jordan, it's, it was strictly for that generation, but Mm -hmm. Patriots with Brady and Belichick it was of all time and you think everything is hunky-dory and we started getting whispers with that Seth Wickersham story that came out in the 2017 2018 season I believe Mm -hmm. 2018 offseason 17 offseason I don't remember but things were starting to fall apart 20 years is a long time to spend with and you would think after you would think after one of their most memorable Super Bowls ever you think it wouldn't be you like would that. you would think that but when you've won as much as these two guys have i think you start it would be difficult not to get a little bit of a big ego yeah not start to think that yep or the reason why i think it's also there's a side where brady is really trying to separate himself from yes everybody and anybody yes that's that's why you know i'll kind of like leave you with this is sort of like my last thought on tom brady yeah he can do and say whatever he wants to do and say right now oh certainly i mean jesus because he's because he's not with the patriots he's on another team i just want to make sure that his his legacy and his allegiance no matter how involved he is with professional football after he retires is like 99% as a New England Patriot. That's, That's what I'm hoping for. Me too. But the Tampa Bay, everything about Tampa Bay and his recent comments about really anything New England does kind of put like knife knife in the you know gut and now we're twisting it. It's just when's the last time he has said something good about New England besides had a great 20 years there, accomplished a lot, yada, yada, yada. It's always, oh, it's 70 degrees. I'm on a boat championship you know for six super bowls you had to celebrate in the cold and rainy it's six freaking super bowls you know how many people 
let alone in New England, in the freaking world would kill to be in your position, suck it up, buttercup. It's mm. fine. I was at the sixth one. It wasn't that freaking cold. You were in a freaking long sleeve and a vest. My God. I think I was just in a T-shirt. Yeah, like, there, there are ways to warm up at events like that. There are. There certainly are. But it's just stuff like that where it it's night it's twisting the knife. It does suck. It it's hard to make as of right now, and even after he retires, like oh, you're gonna come back retire as a Patriot, Patriots Hall of Fame, oh Ring of Honor at Tampa Bay. It's like now you're gonna have that feud of like he's ours, he's ours. Like eh, when you think of <laughs> when you think of Peyton Manning, what team do you think of? Indianapolis. So do I. And yet when he retired. It seemed like everything he was doing as a commercial was Denver themed. Yeah, yeah. Whether it was like an orange shirt or jacket that he was wearing or yep. that he was like, I guess his whole Papa John's thing was going on in Colorado when he started buying all those franchises or whatnot. So he spent 12, 13, 14, 15, four years in Denver. I don't think that Brady's going to spend four years in Tampa Bay, but, and we'll find out this summer when, when Manning gives his hall of fame speech, how much time he spends talking about his experience in Indianapolis and how much time he spends talking about his experience in Denver. It's a good point. It's a really good point. And that's subway ad. My God. <laughs> When's the last time you think he ate subway? Never. Uh, college. Yeah, that was that was what was uh, reported. College, but um, it's certainly. I just hope that week four, yeah, give him a standing ovation when he comes out to you know run on the field for warmups, cheer him on. I just hope Patriots fans don't forget who to cheer on in those four quarters. I'm sorry, it's just I I hope not, and I hope I hope the Patriots don't do a video. Not the right time. I hope Belichick says no, we're not doing that. Yeah, I don't, let the fans I don't think... give him a standing ovation and everything. I don't, I don't think they would do a video. I don't think that's really typical. Uh, well, I mean, if he sets a, a certain NFL record that week, it might be challenging not to acknowledge it somehow. But yeah, the, uh, the more and more I think about it and the, the more time I see him talk about not being a Patriot, the more I'm starting to believe Patriots fans are going to get a little sick and tired of it by the time that, October game rolls around and uh, it won't be as welcome of a homecoming as maybe he would like it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be weird. (laughs) Oh man. It will. We talked about that a lot today. I'll tell you that. Got a good, uh, got a good, got a good show in. It's, it's, it's always good to talk. You know what the, the best thing though, what I would think is the best thing is to follow the conversation because when we sit down and record, we can fire off as many takes as we want, but it's in a limited space. Yep. Using social media, however, allows us to talk about a plethora of topics. I social media. Yes. I was just about to say, I have been uh, using social media for a little while now. Follow Been me. on the internets for follow a while. Follow me. Follow me. Twitter, Instagram, at McMarin. Do I even Andrew. want to give out my handle? Follow Andrew. Follow <laughs> me in. Three followers. 
Oh, you have two now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you can also catch us on a plethora of podcasts. You know, you have Nick with uh, Mike Masala moving the goalposts. You have me, Nick, and Andrew McMichael on the complete collection. Again, episode four of episode four in the Loki series coming out tomorrow, recording tomorrow. I don't know when you're going to put it out, but. And then you can always catch us here on the Mian and Mara football show. He's Nick Mara. I'm Andrew Mian. We'll see you next time. Hopefully, Stefan Gilmore is still a patriot by then. Bye.